Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Well, let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome back. We're back here on the Sports Mix. It's November 28, 2022. Show brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Winnick, Rosalini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you back with us after a week hiatus, a little Thanksgiving holiday, and then uh, went down to Huntington for Martinsburg's uh, for the Class AAA semifinal game. Fortunately, that game did not go well for the Dogs, Colin, uh, but it was a great season nonetheless for the Martinsburg Bulldogs. Yeah, still a season that you can be proud of, just uh, unhappy with how it ended. It was a great game, nonetheless, between Huntington and Martinsburg. It just ultimately went Huntington's way instead of Martinsburg's way, even though Martinsburg was able to uh, execute at the start of the second half, retake the lead at uh, 21-14 after being down 14-7 at the half with some terrific plays to start off that second half. But Huntington and Gavin Locko, Zaza Jackson, as well as a few others just had Martinsburg's number on Saturday, unfortunately, and they get to be the ones to head to the state championship instead of the Bulldogs this year. Yeah, it was a 7-7 ball game after one quarter, and at halftime Huntington was leading 14-7. Bulldogs scored 14 in the third. Highlanders would score seven in the third, so it would be a 21-all after the third quarter and then just that that one touchdown in the fourth quarter when it really mattered. And, you know, this was a, a close ball game, and this was kind of one that you expect when you go to a Class AAA semifinal or even a semifinal at, at all. And, you know, this was a rematch of last year's state championship. Huntington and Martinsburg, it was, a, it was an interesting game that for – a very small portion of the game, and then Martinsburg just ran away with it with Hudson Clement and the power that he had. And I really think that this game might have been different had Jameer Hunter not gone down with an injury. I do too, but you got to give credit where credit's due to the uh, game plan from Billy Seals and Huntington really working that run game, using the athletes that they had to run to the outside to try to take away the – defensive line's ability of stopping the run because they didn't go up the middle and when they did go up the middle it wasn't until later in the game with uh Locko and his speed and shiftiness was just too much for Martinsburg late in the game so yeah I think uh you know first of all credit to Huntington like you said and coach Seals uh this was a team that you know two years ago was three and six during a COVID year where a lot of teams weren't playing football and the Highlanders, who are a young team, you know, made sure that they got their kids those nine games, which I think was really important in their development uh, from the team that they were two years ago that went three and six to the team that obviously made it to the state championship. And then this year to beat Martinsburg and go back to the state championship, um, you know, that's a program that's been building there over the last couple of years under head coach Billy Seals, and they've done a great job. Uh, but I think Martinsburg, too, like, there's a lot of things to consider when you look at this game. I think, number one, this is a team that has a young offensive line. Everybody will return next year. Mm-hmm. And it definitely also, will help for them to get more reps because that was a big problem the last two games. 
uh, or specifically just the yeah, way they penalties. rotated the players. Penalties, injuries. Penalties, injuries, and just the rotating of players, specifically on that O-line, specifically the center. It just seemed like quarterback and center weren't always on the same page. Yeah. And next year, you hope that Murphy Clement truly is 100%, because I think all year he hasn't quite been the same player he was last year due to that Liz Frank injury. So I think if he comes back next year again healthier, uh, then he'll be the best player in the state. Like I think he was, honestly, as a sophomore, one of the best players in the state. So um, if he can return to that type of player, because they were limiting how many touches he was getting, Mm -hmm. he wasn't the same guy he was last year for this team. So if you have him at his top notch, Martinsburg will be fine moving forward. And it's a tough loss, but I think it's, in a lot of ways, a good loss for Martinsburg because if you face some competition – uh, it's going to make them better down the line. Not a good loss because you obviously want to win the state championship, but you're not going to win it every year. I mean, they've been able to do that pretty much over the last you know ten years, but um, you know eventually you're going to lose and have a loss like this when you have a lot coming back next year. There's still a lot to build on moving forward for this program. So while it's disappointing, um, you know this team achieved a lot this season. I think for some reason they weren't quite, I guess, always at the top of their game, or at least what we have grown to expect. But they went through a lot of injuries. They had a lot of transition from last year to this year in terms of roster. So it was a completely different team, and they, you know, they had a lot of great achievements to make it to the state semifinals. Is still an achievement. So congratulations to Huntington. Martinsburg's going to reload and and be right back next year. And uh, I think we'll see an even better team next year because they will have that group returning up front. Um, they'll have some of their skill guys back, and health, hopefully Murphy Clement in particular will be you know, 100%. It will be a different-looking offense because he's not the same type of quarterback that Ezra Bajan is, and I don't see him splitting any reps if he's 100% next year as a senior. Uh, I can't see it. I mean, I just think he's – I can't see it. you got to have the football in his hands, in my opinion, on every play. I just I think I think you have him at quarterback and then even though he'd still also be your backup quarterback so maybe you can see some trick plays I think you have him as the starting running back and that being is uh Koi Fagan I see I don't I think they may go with this two system again between those two guys are you adding in a third guy no 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 I think you're gonna see a two I mean this is just my opinion being down on the sidelines being there in warm-ups the way that the the year it has gone and just to see Fagan, you know, get those pregame reps yeah. a lot leads me to believe that uh, Coach Sherman and that offensive staff wants him to be a part of the offense at the, quor- at the quarterback that- position next year, splitting time with Murphy. Because, I mean, you know, we we see guys in high school play positions that they don't end up playing in college. And I think you see Murphy being a running back receiver in college. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think he – I don't know. I mean, is him and Fagan that much different? Because I think that that's the reason why you see the two-quarterback system now is because Ezra is such an elite passer, but not really a great runner while he can run a well, little bit. Well, I don't know. Surprised some people this weekend. He did, but he's not the runner that Murphy is, right? Yes. So that's why you put Murphy in the backfield. Is there is Fagan that much different of a passer that you would put him in more next year? I, I don't know. I haven't seen, I haven't seen him throw the I mean, ball. we've seen him in ninth grade. In the ninth grade game, I still don't remember many times he threw. I didn't the ball. see him throw it. He's terrific ton. on his feet. 
Yeah, so I don't think he gives you necessarily that much of a difference, but maybe you put him at running back or use them in some mm-hmm. com- combination there. But that's all for the coaches to figure out. I think this team will be right back next year. It was a tough year, but still I think an uh, impressive year for Martinsburg, even though it didn't meet expectations, but the expectations are so high at Martinsburg that it's hard to always win the state championship and you're going to go through seasons where you don't. And I think how do you bounce back from that? How do you take this adversity and get better as a team in a program is something Martinsburg's going to have to do. But congratulations on Huntington, and I think it's going to be a really good state championship game between Huntington and Park South. Yeah. I'm going to go off script here a second, and I'm just going to say this because it's in the comments of our show. If you're happy kids lost a game, you need to do something else with your life. I'm sorry. Don't be happy that 16, 17, 18-year-old kids lost a football game, please. There's other things to care about in this world. Sorry. I just it's I just can't take the hatred. It's it's kids playing a game of football. Yeah, I completely agree. But also don't take it too serious. At the end of the day it is just kids playing the game, mm-hmm. so don't get mad that they lost either. Yeah. I I'm saying but like it's I've seen comments on Facebook, variety of things, but specifically right now on our show, somebody's saying so glad that Martinsburg lost. How are you glad that sixteen, seventeen year old kids lost? They're I don't understand this. Sorry. I had to go off on that tangent. Segment sponsored in part uh, by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk Shepherd football. Their season rolls on, and we'll talk about that when we get back on this edition of the Sports Mix back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hancock Chevrolet. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click on it, and it shows up at your front door. At Hancock Chevrolet, it is that easy. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a new or used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hancock Chevrolet will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time in a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Cumberland to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hancock Chevrolet absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HancockChevy.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want, and your new ride will be delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. 
You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today as uh, Shepard will fight another day. They get to play this Saturday after knocking off Slippery Rock. And, uh, you know, we kind of thought all week it was going to be a tough contest because Slippery Rock and Shepard always play a tough game, Nick. Yeah, well, Slippery Rock's one of the uh, best programs in the history of the PSAC. So it was a, it was a big challenge for Shepard. Uh, even though this year they're a little bit down, I still thought they would be a good matchup and obviously it was and uh shepherd comes away 37 27 winners yeah and really good performances from the rams offensively um you know over 400 yards passing from tyson bajant over 200 yards rushing from ronnie brown so when those two are clicking like we say i mean it, it's almost impossible to beat this team at least in region one uh with you know the talent that those two have and and when they are both you know doing their thing like they were on Saturday, it's just so tough to stop this Rams offense. And the defense got the stops when they needed to on Saturday as well. So overall, just a really good win for Shepard. Uh, sets up a very interesting matchup again, the rematch of the PSAC championship against IUP. So it's it's feeling like last year in some ways in terms of you're getting another PSAC team in a regional championship that you lost to earlier in the season last year, Kutztown, this year IUP. Uh, this time, though, it's both games are on the road. So we'll see how Shepard does this time around. Um, I know that, obviously, the weather played a big factor last time, but I think also... I lo- just looked for the weather up yeah. in Indiana this morning. What's it going to be like? It's Not like rain? last time. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. The weather I no saw fun. had a projection of potential rain, but, I mean, obviously, that'll be decided by the end of the week. It does say a 40% chance of rain Saturday in Indiana. Uh, 50 degrees high, 39 the low. Yeah, and I think another thing to consider is IUP was without its top wide receiver and Dwayne Brown and, and still won that game. He played last week, so I'm going to presume he's going to play this week against Shepard. Uh, and they also lost to George Stewart in that game. I think Hauser's been doing a great job, though, for them in the playoffs. So, um, you know, it should be another close game. We'll see who comes out on top this time. I think if Shepard can just establish its run game, though, uh, the Rams will find a way to win, but uh, definitely not an easy opponent. Should be a good game. Looking forward to it. When you go back through this game uh, for Shepard, Tyson Bajan, 28 of 45, 372 yards, two touchdown passes, no picks, didn't get sacked at all. He had eight carries for 36, or excuse me, eight carries for 19 yards and a touchdown with a net of 19 yards. Uh, but it was really all about Ronnie Brown once again. And uh, they need to do that when they go up to IUP. But 20 carries, 205 yards, one touchdown on the ground. He had two catches for 52 yards and a touchdown as well. And uh, it, it appears to me, this is just, you know, not, uh, my analyst, anal, or anal, my analysis. analysis, excuse me. You get Ronnie Brown the ball, you win the game. Uh, yeah. I In mean, a multitude yeah. of ways, you get him the ball. And you win the game. I mean, he leads the nation in all-purpose yards. Yep. So uh, he's a very dynamic player. And you're also down your weapons, 
you know, in your receiving core. Marlon Cook goes back-to-back weeks without a catch, so something's going on there. Yeah, Ryan Beach able to make three catches this and week, And he's which not is good 100% when you watch him run. He, he did look better this week from what I was able to see of that game. Um, but he's not, you know, the Ryan Beach that he was last year. So you're going to have to find a weapon, and that weapon is Ronnie Brown, and he might be the best weapon on the team even if those guys are healthy. So, I mean, you do need to get uh, Ronnie the football, and IUP, though, is going to know that. They're going to key on it, so Mm -hmm. it should be interesting to see. But, you know, last time they were up there, Ronnie Brown didn't get a lot. No, he only got eight carries. So, So, you know, they they haven't really seen him be explosive because, you know, he just didn't run a lot up there. They know. They do know. They do know, but knowing and and actually experiencing is two different things. And and since he didn't get a whole lot of touches last time, they don't know what it's like necessarily to face him uh, when when he's getting 25 plus touches. But he's now had back-to-back weeks of over 200 rushing yards. We've seen him get catches through the air, and he's always dangerous on special teams. So I agree. He's probably the most dangerous player out there other than Tyson on that football field for Shepard and Tyson spread the wealth again this week. That's another key that we like seeing from Shepard to lead them to victory is the multitude of receivers that he Nine has. receivers, to be exact, uh, had at least one catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Cam Dorner, six yes. catches. He had a lot of quick out routes, quick routes. He had six catches, 32 yards. Ronnie Dorsey, five catches, 75 yards. E.J. Morgan had four catches for 56 yards. Again, I said Ronnie Brown, two for 52 Four a two for thirty eight. Daryl Harper one for thirty seven. Brian Walker three for thirty four, and then three for thirty for Ryan Beach. As I said, two for eighteen for Kenny Edlin. Uh, but when you, 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 I mean, Tyson's just got so many weapons mm-hmm. that you know we were seeing Marlon Cook dominate in the beginning of the year, and you know Ryan Beach not get that. He was kind of getting a lot of double teams. I felt like in the beginning of the year, but now it just seems like. As the season goes on, you know, you're seeing more catches from Dorsey, who's primarily a, a punt returner for you. Uh, then you see 4A, you know, come and make some big catches. E.J. Morgan make big catches. Cam Dorner, the freshman, after I think he had that, what was that touchdown? What week was it, Nick? They were it was at against uh, Cal or Edinburgh. One yeah, of those two I think after that, you kind of saw him kind of burst the bubble of, of being out on the field a lot more, and especially now. Uh, you know, with Cook kind of not playing a lot and then Ryan Beach not playing a lot, you see that as well. Kenny Edlin making an impact as well. Just he's it's hard to spread the wealth to so many guys every week. Uh like, you know, I don't envy being in Tyson Bajan's position yeah. when it comes to giving his wide receivers touches. Uh but you know, let's switch to the defensive side, you know, Dwayne Grantham uh doing what he does every week. Seven tackles. Nathan Muley, seven tackles as well. He had three tackles for a loss, uh sack and a force fumble. Yeah, and that's a Jefferson Cougar. Yeah. So, former Jefferson Cougar there and Nathan Muley. So, uh, probably going to talk to him this week, I think, for pregame. There you go. We'll have EJ Morgan on yes. Monday Night Mayhem tonight. Kyle Smith, we we hope to have him. I don't know if it did, just didn't work out timing-wise with him. He should now be third all-time in sacks, I do believe. We I talked believe about that on, the, on Monday Night Mayhem last week. He had two sacks this week for a loss of seven yards. and Or did that put him from third to second? No, he, I don't think he's going to reach second. No. Okay. But, uh, yeah, you know, Kyle Smith works. having a heck of a game, another two-sack game. I think he had two sacks the last time they played Slippery Rock or in the playoffs. That Remember we were talking to Coach McCook about it last yeah. week? Yeah. But uh, just another great defensive performance 
uh, when it came to push and shove for this Shepherd University team. Uh, Keyshawn Haley had a tackle for loss as well. Six tackles for him. Kyle Smith, five tackles. Devin Lynch, five tackles, four tackles for Dante Harrison. But uh, it just seems like, you know, we were talking about this at the beginning of the year. That Shepherd defense was the biggest question mark coming into the year. And they proved everybody wrong. Yeah, I mean, you give up a lot of points to Slippery Rock on Saturday, but like I said, in the key moments down the stretch, we were able to get some good stops, uh, force a turnover. So We gave up 20 points in the first half and only gave up seven in the second half. Yeah, mm-hmm. so improvement as the game went on. You know, Terrell Lindsey gets a pick for you. So um, overall, I think Shepard will take that defensive performance. Uh, it wasn't their best necessarily, but I think you made those adjustments at halftime. And you closed out the game, and you needed the defense to get some stops down the down the stretch. Yeah, and uh, again, Shepard Saturday, one p.m. at IUP. We'll have the call for you on TV ten WRNR TV on YouTube at twelve thirty pregame show. Once again, if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be three separate streams: a pregame stream, game stream with the rights from the NCAA, and then a postgame stream. Uh, but that. Uh, That'll kind of wrap up our Shepherd football talk here. We'll move on to West Virginia. They close out the season with a victory, 24-19 over Oklahoma State, Colin. And uh, your guy got in the ball game. Got some time. Yes, he did. Nico Marquial, two for nine, 29 yards. Also had six carries for 32 yards. Garrett Green, eight of 14, 48 yards. Had a pick, but he was also six for 47 on the ground with one touchdown. Jalen Anderson, impressing. It, very much impressing in that running game. 15 carries, 155 yards, two touchdowns. And, uh, you know, when you look at him, I believe he's a true freshman. No, he's a redshirt freshman, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, he was redshirted last year, but, you know, he's, he's a guy that stepped up towards the end of this season to prove that he can be helpful going forward if he chooses to stay with this program as, uh, you know, a lot of injuries towards the end of the year. Yeah, the passing game wasn't there for the Mountaineers, but they were still able to get their win and dominate on the ground. I mean, 250 total yards on the ground is insane. And it came from Green. It came from the redshirt freshman that you just mentioned for WVU and Anderson. Mathis still had some carries. We still got to see Johnson here and there, and we know C.J. Donaldson's been out. But Tony Mathis, Justin Johnson seemed rather ineffective during their 12 total carries. They have the depth there, and hopefully even next year they get even more depth at that running back position because Donaldson will be back if Anderson can play that well. I'd like to see how this team is. I think Neil Brown saved his job. I don't know. He's due a lot of money. Yeah. So he might get one more year. Mm -hmm. He might get one more year, but we'll have to see what this new AD decides. Well, got to get that new AD first. Yeah. Uh, But the WVU ends the season 5-7. Colin, they could slip themselves into a bowl game again. Do they accept it is the question. Probably not, but they should. Because I mentioned, I don't remember if I mentioned it on air or if it was just off air with you guys. You want to have those 15 extra practices. Even if you lose the bowl game, you still want to get as many reps in with these guys that you have ready for next year. And 15 new or 15 more practices will help. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is very true. I'm trying to see, uh, 
how many teams? And we don't even know if they. So get there are officially seventy nine so. teams bowl eligible to fill eighty two team slots. So you got three more slots. Too many bowl games. <laughs> Forty one bowl games. Do we really need that? It's fun. Debatable. Capital One needs it for bowl mania. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the team that is going to a bowl uh, is the Marshall Thundering Herd. They get a win on Saturday on Senior Day in Huntington over Georgia State, twenty-eight to twenty-three. And uh, it just seems like Nick, as the season went on, Cam Fancher really improved. Yeah, I mean he's really impressed me, and Marshall's made it to the mark about where I expected them to be this year in the second year under head coach Charles Huff. You know, eight nine wins was kind of the outlook for this season that I wanted to see Marshall at, and they're eight and four, so. Uh, bowl win would put you at nine, um, but Fancher's really progressed. Uh, he's five and one as the starter. Um, the running game has been great. You know, it's really nice to see what Ali and Laburn can do, but also Fancher as a quarterback can run as well. So yeah, I mean, you talk about Ali and and Laburn. Ali just comes back last week. This week, second game back, a hundred yard performance, sixteen carries, one hundred two yards. Caitlin Laburn, who's been doing it all year, multiple hundred yard games all season, eleven carries, one hundred yards, uh, two touchdowns. Fancher, ten carries, sixty nine yards, and just between those three guys, you've got over two hundred seventy yards on the ground by themselves. Yeah, so there's you know some excitement there uh, for Marshall now. Winning twenty eight twenty three over Georgia State. I mean, Georgia State's a four and eight football team, but you found a way to get the win. You uh, dominated really on the defensive front, and those guys in the box. I mean, Kobe Cumberlander, who's a is he a six year senior? Yeah, five six. He's been uh, there a while. Happy senior day to him. He had three sacks himself. He's had happy senior day three straight years. <laughs> I saw him actually after the game on Saturday night, and uh, you know he's definitely one of the most humble people. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Uh, but I saw a guy, too. Owen Porter. Saw him as well Saturday night. He could come back for another year. Doesn't play for Marshall, but I can't remember what the school was. But he was, I think it was Eastern Washington. He's like in his eighth year of college football. The eighth year senior. Two medical red shirts, a COVID year. Wow. And he got wow. hurt during the COVID year. So he's an eight-year senior. That wow. is crazy. Two, two degrees. Good for him. Yeah, that is he, crazy. I think I saw that he was gonna like go into something where he would help players with rehabbing from injuries. Awesome. It's pretty cool. So uh, on TikTok. But, but Marshall gets the win. They're eight and four. They're waiting for their bowl game. Um, that'll wrap this, up this segment of the sports mix. Brought to you in part by Arsenio's Home Store. Not just supply and store any longer. Captain's designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk college hoops. WVU uh, has a good weekend. Where were they called? At the Phil Knight Phil Legacy, Legacy Tournament. Shepherd Basketball gets a win yesterday. We'll have their game this Friday night. We'll talk about that when we get back after this two-minute break. You're tuning to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, 
not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. WV Medicine is pleased to introduce eight new providers at Berkeley and Jefferson Medical Centers and University Healthcare Physicians. Dr. Muneeb Malik, Nephrology, Neonatal Nurse Practitioner Antonia Montag, Dr. Janice McMillan, Endocrinology, Nurse Practitioner Kimberly Applegate, Infectious Disease, Nurse Practitioner Saba Ademe, Hospitalist, Certified Nurse Midwife Brianna Lilly, Physician's Assistant Scholar Sade, Family Medicine, Dr. Kelly Ash, Family Medicine OB, WV Medicine, growing to meet the needs of our community. Life can get in the way these days. We all know that. Work commitments, social commitments, volunteer commitments, family commitments. You put your heart into all of it. You've got enough to worry about already. Your roof shouldn't be one of those things. Everything should just work. But when your roof is in need of an upgrade, you shouldn't have to worry about that either. Modern Renovations, your four-state roofing solution. Reminding you that home is where the heart really is. It's the excitement of NCAA Division II football on TV10 featuring the Shepherd University Rams. We'll hand to Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown with a big hole. Ronnie Brown into New Haven territory. Nobody's going to catch Ronnie. Touchdown, Shepherd. Join us this Saturday, December 3rd, for a PSAC championship rematch as the Shepherd University Rams travel to IUP for the regional championship game. Kickoff is set for 1 p.m. with pregame coverage beginning at 1230 on TV10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. As always, let's talk some WVU hoops. They were uh, busy this last, uh, what, four days. They were at the Phil Knight Legacy uh, last three days, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. They got Saturday off, but on Thursday night, they uh, fell to Purdue excuse me, 24th ranked team in the country by 12, 80 to 68. Then on Friday night, they came back and beat Portland State 89-71. And then they whipped up, whooped up on Florida, who just doesn't seem to have a good team this year, 84 to 55 to end the Phil Knight legacy. And uh, right now sitting at 6-1 and one overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with uh... – how that tournament went for WVU would have been happier if they could have, you know, strung together three wins. But a 12-point loss to Purdue, who right now I'm putting as a top-10 team in the country after also not only beating WVU, but then going to beat Duke well, and some by other, double digits. Some other teams fell and this weekend, right? beating Gonzaga by double digits, and some other teams fell this week. P- Purdue's a very solid team, one of the best teams in the nation right now, so... WVU just competing with them and falling short by 12 points. You got to like this team right now, a 6-1 and one start, getting ready for a very difficult Big 12 conference. You got Colin, wait, Xavier coming what, up What do you think week. Purdue was? I said top 10. They're a top 5 team. 
even better. AP Top 25 yeah. released today. They are number five in the country. Yeah. Move up it's 19. Believable. I think they're the biggest mover on the AP Top 25. It's believable after their weekend, but I like the guys that WVU has right now. Stevenson is looking really solid. WVU receiving 14 votes in the AP yeah. Top 25 poll. Uh, so if they can continue winning, and I think this week could really help them as they uh, will be at Xavier for the what is it? The Big 12 Big East battle. But yesterday in that win, three guys in double digits, Stevenson, Matthews, and Mitchell all leading the way as starters in minutes and in scoring the team, shooting 43%, 41% from three, and dominating on the glass. Almost 50 rebounds against wow. Florida. So th- this team plays tough. It's finally, again, a Bob Huggins coach team, it seems like. Because that's been the issue, especially last year when the team had the losing record. It seemed like they weren't always in agreement with the philosophy of Coach Huggins. wasn't a tough blue-collar team. And this year it seems like with all the new guys that were brought in for Coach Huggins in this Mountaineer squad that they are that hard-nosed, defensive-minded team that can force turnovers and dominate the glass. Yeah, and I think when we talk about this Big 12, Big East battle, we'll probably talk a lot about it more towards the end of the week. Uh, you know, you you look at the record of Xavier. They're four and three, but uh, they lost to at the time number twelve Indiana by two points, eighty one seventy nine. They lost the, they lost the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament to number eight Duke, seventy one to sixty four. They lost to number two yesterday at the, at the at tournament, eighty eight eighty four. So you know, if they could have won one of those games, even two of those games. They could be a top 25 team in the country. And honestly, they should have beat Gonzaga yesterday. They kind of just, uh, unfortunately, towards the end, choked that one away. They were up by, I believe, five or six in the uh, final few minutes, but Gonzaga just got hot late, and Xavier, unfortunately, then went down for a little bit and couldn't make shots in the end, and Gonzaga made the free throws. But I'm really looking forward to... WVU Xavier this week. Yeah, I think that's going to be a tough you game. Could be there. Meh. Yeah, had the tickets, but my family will get to go. Hopefully they enjoy it and we get Shepherd football. Yeah, if WVU can get that win, that's kind of that signature win that they're looking for. Not that Florida and Pitt are bad wins by any case, but they seem to be down this year a little bit. So Xavier, while they are 4-3, and three, like you said, Spencer, I mean, those three losses are definitely not bad losses. Uh, and they got a veteran team there, so it will be a tough game, I think. It will be, and especially it's on going road. on the road. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But then you get Navy, who's somehow five and one. Usually, Navy's not very good at basketball. I think you win that one pretty big. UAB though will be solid, and uh, I like Buffalo. The, could I be like solid that too. relationship there between uh, West Virginia and UAB. Yes, uh, because I think it's you know I think it helps you know, those smaller conference teams, if you can play a team that can compete every, that, you know, competes for its national notoriety almost yeah, every season. They could play a team that's, you know, about three hours away. <laughs> I'm not, I'm okay with that, uh, Nick. I'd rather not. Why? It'd be good for the state. Say, do you really it want Marshall men's to go through that? I mean, it yeah. doesn't do much. They beat them every once in a while. They're undefeated in Huntington. They wouldn't play I in Huntington. Know. That's because they're scared to come to Huntington. They don't want to get- Feel that Cam Henderson atmosphere. All right, let's talk Shepherd hoops. Uh, they Shepherd men's get two straight victories after losing by one 
on the 16th to Frostburg State, lost 58-57. Before that, they got an OT win over Wheeling. Currently sitting at 3-2, and two, two-game win streak, uh, 74-62 victory over Lincoln out of Pennsylvania last Tuesday, and then a 66-55 victory yesterday at Bowie State. Uh, Slippery Rock this Friday, uh, which we'll have the call for the doubleheader for men's and women's action down at uh, Shepherd University. Uh, but Shepherd Men's Hoops looking to get kind of into form here. Yeah, they are, and we know they got a, a – you know, a decent team coming back here. They're still very young, though. Yeah. So it's going to take a little bit, I think, for them to get all their chemistry together as a team. Uh, Slippery Rock will be a challenging game for them on Friday, and then they have a quick turnaround of the game on Saturday as well. But uh, I'm excited to see this Shepherd team, see what Coach Namalik and, and the guys can do this year, um, you know, on Friday night. Uh, definitely have some good players there in the backcourt. McLean Corley. Um along with uh, Philip Jordan and John Preston, kind of their, their experienced backcourt players, but they have a few other guys that return as well. Carson Poffenberger, Aiden Hughley. Yeah, well, that's more front court, but, yeah. uh, you know, definitely looking to, I think, figure out who's going to step up for them, Yeah, you know, uh, in the front court because you lose Kyle Daggett, who was such a huge part of the team last year. So uh, I think that's kind of the outlook for Shepherd men's hoops. Still very early in the year, starting the PSAC schedule. Uh, so we'll see how they can do in conference play and um, should be an exciting season though I think even if they still kind of have some growing pains this year though probably early on Shepard women still looking for their first win of the season last night currently 0-5 they fell yesterday 69-49 at Virginia Union and uh, you know it's hard to replace so many players on a team with a new head coach New philosophy, new you know, new offensive styles, but uh, that first win's got to be coming soon, guys. And hopefully, hopefully. It, it's going to be a tough matchup for them as well against Slippery Rock on Friday. Slippery Rock right now starting five and one, but you get them at home, so hopefully you can compete with them. Still, as I mentioned, I believe uh, I don't know if it was Monday or if it was two weeks ago now, because we didn't have the show all last week other than Monday. But as you mentioned, Spencer. It's a newly formed team with a new head coach, so they got to find an identity. It's not yeah. going to be like last year's team. Real quick before we wrap up this segment, back to Marshall men's basketball. The Thundering Herd beat or beat Moorhead by 24. WVU only won by 18, so Marshall's better than WVU this year. No. Nah. <laughs> I'd like my chances for WVU in both football and basketball uh, or any other sport. Marshall beat Notre Dame. Yeah. Remember that, Colin. <laughs> remember that. Remember. The only thing I remember is the Alamo. That's the only thing you need to remember. Never forget. All right. On that note, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford and Martinsburg, they became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, we got a few things to talk about. Washington Commanders, they continue to win. The Ravens are pretenders, according to Colin, and I would tend to agree. The Steelers tonight, but I've got a a rant to go on once again. That's scary because the Commanders try to do something good once again, and they botch it once again. We'll break that down when we wrap things up next on this edition of the Sports Mix. Back in two minutes.
four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer deaths in the United States each year. But do you know the radon levels in your home? Home is a place to live, love, and laugh, not a place to breathe air containing radon. The Berkeley and Morgan County Health Departments are distributing free confidential radon test kits, and you can get yours at the Berkeley County Health Department office in Martinsburg and the Morgan County Health Department office in Berkeley Springs. Protect your home and family. Get your free radon test kit today. Tom, I hit your car with a softball. Did you throw it or hit it off the tee? Off the tee. Whoa, good hit, kid. Good thing we know Cody from Cody's Auto Body. I'll text him now. Oh, Kenna, I heard you hit your mom's window with a softball. Good hit. Keeps me in business. We can get you in lickety-split. No Hey, that's a bad word. Shut up, kid. We won't drop the ball on your car. Every repair is a grand slam. Bring your car to Cody's Auto Body. As always, it's Cody's with a T for trust. Hey, you can't say that. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Stop at their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you as we wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix. About 10 or so minutes left in this edition. And uh, we'll start... uh, Talking some commanders. What are they calling? Winners of five of their last... Six of their last six seven? Six of their last seven now, and three straight. And squarely in the playoff mix. Mm-hmm. I think their best record in years at this point in the year. Uh, they win 19-13, to 13 and, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke doesn't need to do it all. 14-23, to 138 yards, two touchdowns to one pick. He also uh, didn't do much on the ground. But Brian Robinson, 18 carries, 105 yards, his first 100-yard game on the ground. Antonio Gibson didn't need to do too much. Uh, nine carries, 32 yards. Jonathan Williams got some carries, too. Four carries for 22 yards. Terry McLaurin, four catches, 48 yards. John Bates, tight end, came out of nowhere, got a touchdown, three catches, 24 yards, the touchdown. And Brian Robinson Jr. just completely annihilated a guy on his way in the end zone for the first touchdown of the game on the first drive to respond to the uh, field goal. Yeah, I didn't fully understand why either team ever decided to actually put the ball through the air because both teams' ground games were on point 
yesterday, and it seemed like the defenses on either side had no answer to yeah. the ground game of multiple running backs or even wide receivers in the backfield for both the Falcons and Washington. As you mentioned, though, two touchdown passes still for Heineke, the one interception, almost two interceptions. And then on the other side, the one that ultimately was the deciding factor in interception late in the game for Marcus Mariota for Washington to basically seal the deal because they were moving the ball, the Falcons were. And honestly, if they probably kept running the ball, they'd be the ones on the winning side and they'd be the ones maybe in that playoff picture instead of Washington. Yeah, they they would be, uh, I, you know, potentially. But Washington, I don't know what it is. It's their defense has just gotten yes. to be a lot better from the start of the season to now. And, and, I mean, you have your middle starting middle linebacker now on injured reserve. And so you got a second-year guy who really couldn't figure it out last year. And even the start of this year, Jamin Davis, who's really figured out strong. Uh, you know, that secondary has put things together, and we knew that defensive line was going to be special. Uh, but Kendra Fuller, Fuller comes up with a pick in the end zone to seal things off. Uh, what a great way to end things. The defense doing what the defense does. And, uh, you know, a sack coming from Montez Sweat, who, you know, this, you know, you got Payne, you got Allen, you got Sweat, and one of them at least every week is going to get to the quarterback. Well, I think a lot of the development probably has to do with Ron Rivera, uh, you know, defense is his specialty. Specialty is a former linebacker, uh, was a really good defensive coordinator for the Bears. So uh, you have him as your head coach. You know, the defense should have some success, and you should see uh, progression from the linebacking core and Jamin Davis in particular. So, and Del Rio is still there, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, Jack Del Rio is a really good defensive coach as well. Uh, And, also played linebacker and had success. So when you have those two guys kind of coaching up your defense, if you don't see progress, especially out of that position group, um, you something's know, wrong. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's concerning. So um, you know, Washington gets that win as they were expected to, I think. But Atlanta's yeah. been a, a better team than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be. Yeah. Mariota definitely has performed pretty well for them. So it wasn't an easy game, but. Uh, I still expected them to win, and we'll see how they can kind of finish this year with the Giants coming up and uh, some big NFCs games. And I think if they can at least get one of those Giants games, they're still in it. They're favored this week on the road against the Giants, surprisingly, yeah. already. Yeah, but I mean, if they can get one or two, because they got so they got the Giants bye week and Giants again. If you at least get one of those games, mm-hmm. you're still in the mix. But you obviously want both of those. Still two games above 500 even, yeah. splitting those. But you before the game. Hopefully the 49ers. For this game, the Commanders uh, honored Sean Taylor once again another year uh, that they do it. But they do it this time, and uh, they unveil a – I don't even know what you call it, Nick. Do you want to put it on screen for those watching on Facebook and TV10? It's a mannequin. It's, it's basically a mannequin. Kind of a mannequin. Um, but if you're watching on TV10 uh, – you can go right up 95 if you're at FedEx Field. And what can you see out in front of M&T Bank Stadium, Nick? Uh, Ray Lewis and Johnny U. Yeah. Statues. In uh, Denver, you can see a Peyton Manning, or not Denver, in Indianapolis, I believe, you see a Peyton Manning statue. Uh, in Arizona, they have a Pat Tillman uh, yeah. statue. Why is it this? Why? 
Somebody explain to me why it is this. They, first of all, it looks like wire coat hangers. I don't, when I see that, and I'm going to show somebody that doesn't, if you show, if this is going to be a permanent installation, you show somebody who doesn't know anything about Sean Taylor, it's just a guy's jersey and a helmet and pants. It's not any of that. And uh, also, can you not go find somewhere a Reebok jersey? He didn't wear a Nike jersey. They put a Reebok jersey on the, or they put a Nike jersey on the man. He wore a Reebok jersey. At least make it what it's supposed to be. People were complaining that he was wearing soccer cleats. Well, that's what he wore. He wore soccer cleats to be more <laughs> agile on his feet. So I like that touch. But I just don't like the fact that that's what they did. Yeah, it seemed like yet again Washington missed the mark. I mean, they didn't even have the tape on the face mask, which was a iconic. key iconic attribute to Sean Taylor and the legacy. They have, you know who has that had. face mask? Who? Greg Williams. Huh? He has a face mask. Still to this day. It's on the uh, football life thing. But yeah, it it could have but clearly been done better. It could have been done better to the fans. Things, the family was happy. Quote, so it, was, happy. it was beautiful, honestly, says Jackie Taylor. So. Sean Taylor's daughter. They put everything that he wore, soccer cleats, like little things that defined him, that, that were special to him. And that he did as a player, so that was really special. So, as long as they're happy, I guess we're happy. But I still wish it would have been a statue because it feel like then he was being honored. You can always, when the new stadium comes, get a second chance. I guess so. Uh, Maybe that's why they didn't build a statue, because they plan on moving locations. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you can always move a statue somehow. But one thing I want to say though is, you, like, as much you can't do this, you can't honor him again next year. You can honor him, maybe put a sticker on the helmet. Why not? But it just seems like this is a cash grab for the honor commanders. Him every year. I don't know. I mean, it was the 15 year anniversary. Yeah. To the day. So. Yeah. Um, you can honor him again if yeah. you get a new stadium in the Figure next couple of years. You could unveil a Sean Taylor statue along with other Washington football legends. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. I, I like that idea, Nick. Uh, but the. Commanders will be back in action next Sunday at the Giants, which Colin says early they're favored in. The Ravens now. Uh, Colin and I were talking about this weeks ago on Monday Night Mayhem. Was it last week or was it the week before? Last week. No, I think it was the week before when we were talking about their upcoming games. But it was last week yeah. we brought up the question, are they contenders or pretenders? I'm with you, Colin. They're pretenders. They lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Even the Commanders beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. 28-27 in overtime. Lamar Jackson... It wasn't in overtime. It was in regulation. Oh, it was. It was. 16 for 32, 254 yards. Lamar Jackson led the running game, which I guess you shouldn't do as a quarterback. Maybe get Gus Edwards. He fumbled. That really hurt their chances was the Gus fumble. But when you're Lamar Jackson, you have to lead. I don't think there's any reason that Lamar shouldn't lead the team in the rushing yards category because he is their best runner of the football. But – it was a frustrating loss because Washington, or not Washington, gosh, it feels like when you're talking about frustrating losses, I should be saying Washington That's at true. the beginning of my sentence. But Baltimore, you know, four trips to the red zone there in the first half and come away with four field goals. Can't have that. Can't have that. So that, I mean, leads to the loss. Lamar only completes 50% of his passes. That's not very good. And he's more worried about what people have to say about him on Twitter than winning football games it appears because he's tweeting at people on twitter and getting all angry about that. i believe he uh used something he probably shouldn't have used yeah, he got so, he tweet. got in trouble 
a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Porter. He'll get fined. Maybe. We'll see. All right. He, he will. Well, that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix tonight. Monday Night Mayhem live 6 to 8 from the Neon Moon Tavern. Tyson Bajan, head coach Ernie McCook, and wide receiver EJ Morgan. Then after that on the radio side, you can tune in to uh, Monday Night Football, Steelers at Colts from the Steelers Radio Network. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight for Monday Night Mayhem at 6 p.m. and then tomorrow at noon for the Sports Mix. Sports Mix.